Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a great salesman compliance, but first, the story from Eli 4 Welds, Sprint slash T-Mobile giving me money. Just as some background, I've never had good luck with phone companies. Even when I was on an account with my parents, we always had some charge to call about and I had to deal with it because of my parents' language barrier. Now on to my story, not sure if this is malicious compliance, but here it is. So recently Sprint was purchased by T-Mobile and when that happened, my Sprint service became horrible and I decided to go somewhere else. So I paid off the remaining loan amount on my phones and transferred my numbers over. One of my numbers could have been turned in, and I didn't know them anything for it. I didn't want it anyway, so sounds great to me. I came into a store the same day they told me over the phone that I can just turn it in. When I get there, the employees at T-Mobile were absolutely bashing on AT&T, my new provider, and said to watch out for them. Also a side note, I called the store to make sure they could take it in, and the manager pulled up my account and said, yes, bring it in. I came in 45 minutes later and they said my account was closed and that I now have a balance of $120. I was so pissed that she closed my account but what can I do now? So I left the store and called Sprint but they said the same thing and to expect a bill. I waited over a month and never got anything so I called them back and they said they sent it via the app. But when your account gets closed, literally the same second your access to the app goes away. I asked them to send me a bill in the mail. I got the bill and called them to pay it because, again, my app access was taken away. I wanted a final bill to have something in writing. When I called, they said I don't owe them anything and they owe me $220. They said a phone was received from me and I got a credit of $340, leaving a positive amount of $220. I tried to explain to them that my account was closed and I couldn't return the phone, but all they kept saying is that they'll mail me a prepaid card. I even hung up and called back again to get a different person who would listen, but they did the same thing. I said, screw it, send me the card, and complied with what they said. Two weeks later, I got a $220 card, and the same week sold that phone for $150 on Facebook. That's been the only time a phone service provider benefited me instead of getting scammed. It sure would be nice to be with any kind of internet or phone provider that makes you feel like, you know what, I'm happy to be with them. You know what's annoyed me and Comcast lately? Data caps. I pay a crap load of money for gigabit internet and they want to say, oh, you can only use a terabyte of data in the month. It's just ridiculous. Nowadays with 4K streaming, it's very easy to go over that. I wish they'd pay me $220 back. Does anybody out there have an internet or a phone provider that they're genuinely happy with? That they have no complaints about? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Nom Nom Stammen. Can't refuel? Okay. This happened about a month ago and just realized this fits for malicious compliance. So I work on a mine site refueling all mobile equipment, generators and whatnot. We have a couple of refueling trucks, but some are restricted as to where they can go and the fit outs are different. 
For example, heavy mobile equipment use a fast fill connector for high volume filling, and the smaller equipment we make just do with your standard fuel bowser. Also to log fuel usage, we have to log each asset with the engine hours or mileage. We mainly do this through a dedicated fuel terminal, but we also write it on a piece of paper as a backup. Okay, that's the background bit. Now onto the actual malicious compliance. I had a very rough start when I flew in. Instead of two people, it was going to just be me for the entire mine site. We have three different service trucks, and each one you need to have completed a verification of competency. I've only had that for two of the three. What that means is that I had to make do with a smaller sized truck that's more meant as support to do the actual fuel run. Halfway through, the fuel terminal fails, so I can't log electronically how much fuel's been pumped. No biggie, right? That's why we have the sheet to write it on. The supervisor at the time was a pain. He's got very poor people skills to the point where he's getting complaints daily for rude behavior from the workers and even different departments. That, and he loves to hold double standards. I inform him dutifully that the computer has failed, but I've kept on refueling because I had the sheet. And the equipment shouldn't stop for a silly reason like that. He tells me it's a legal requirement for that computer to be operational for refueling. It's not. And under no circumstances am I to use it. Luckily, I'd finished refueling all the equipment in the affected area, so I didn't mind. Easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Or had I refueled everything? I still had one generator to do, the one of the workshop itself. You know, the one that powers the supervisor's office lights, his PC, and the Wi-Fi. I didn't refuel it because that would mean I disobeyed his order, and I didn't notify him because I told them everything related to it. The generator ran out of fuel an hour before the start of the next shift, which caused mayhem. All the while, I was merrily completing my fuel run as per usual. The boys in the workshop knew what I'd done and kept me informed with many chuckles shared. I'm just imagining like everything shuts off, it's pitch black in the building, OP pops in and gets screamed at in the dark and OP's just like, well sorry I couldn't refuel. If life was a sitcom I know that would happen. By the way if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Capaluchu, new car blues and tone deaf salesman. Apologies in advance, I'm ridiculously verbose, but telling the story is the fun part. I needed a new car. I had brought my car to the dealership because the brakes were making noise, again. That car had always been a bit of a lemon. I just had the service department work on the brakes a couple months earlier. When they got back to me this time, I found out that not only did I need $500 for more brake work, but they wanted $1,500 to replace both of my front axles on a five-year-old car and another $750 for other general services too. I had had enough. I'd never been fond of this car in the first place. There was no way I was dropping a couple grand more into it. Oddly enough, this disaster of a vehicle is not the focus of this MC story, just the impetus that started it all. It's early 2022 and buying a new car is a nightmare. Thanks to supply issues, nobody has cars. The plus side was that used cars were worth far more than ever before, so I could get a great payout for the nightmare vehicle. I looked around and to my surprise, I found one of the cars I wanted was due to be at a local dealership by early the next week. It was a coin flip between two choices. That made my decision for me, so on the 4th of the month I sold them the car I detested and bought the new one. 
I left them the old keys and got a ride home with my wife, gleefully waiting for next week. Thanks to COVID, I had a home office I could work from, but the hospital where I work really wanted us back in on site as much as we could be. My direct boss is a great guy. He told me that a few days working from home while I was carless was no problem. It turned into a problem when next week, my car was still not there. It had made it off the ship, but it was stuck in some lot waiting transport. Okay, the world's supply chains are a mess. What can you do? Dealership's great, and they gave me a loaner. Now I'm stressing a bit because the hospital parking garage has the tiniest parking spots, and the loaner is a big beast. I'm terrified that this SUV, which isn't mine, is going to be deemed or scratched and I'm going to have to pay for it. So for the rest of the week, I drive all the way up to the top floors to find a corner spot which is wide enough for me to park with a reasonable sense of safety. It's only for a week or so, not a problem. Except it wasn't one more week. At the end of the week, still no car. At the end of the next week, still no car. I know this is such a trivial problem, considering what we'd all just gone through. Still, I have to admit that being told day after day that the car I was so looking forward to was trapped on a lot less than two hours away was really starting to take the shine off this transaction. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. All through this, I didn't blame the dealership. The sales managers were awesome. My actual sales guy was kind of that fake, too-smiley stereotype, which is why whenever I stopped in or called, I spoke to the managers if at all possible. Finally, on the 23rd, my car was delivered to the dealership. The funny thing is, is that my other choice arrived a week earlier. I'm ecstatic. My sales guy asked if I can pick it up that day. I can't. I had a ton of work during the day and my wife had class that night. I needed her to sign with me. I suggested we do it the next day. Nope, the 24th was his day off. Now, it had been weeks. Everything that could possibly be done was done and ready. I asked... Can't I just sign with someone else? Nope. He had to be the one who handed me over to the finance guys personally. I had no idea why, but the sales guy was insistent that the sale cannot be finalized on the 24th. I point out that I've waited all this time and not complained much, and that the 25th was not really good for my wife. Nope, no can do. Thankfully, my wife loves me dearly and took pity on me. She scrunched up her day to make time to get my new car on the 25th. So we signed the papers the next day in record time, and she headed back to work. While I'm there afterward, the sales guy tells me that the woman who does the car walkthrough was out that day. I asked if she was in the day before, and of course, she had been. He muddled through explaining features to me, but now I'm annoyed with him and wrap it up as quickly as I could. 
I'm still finding new stuff I didn't know my car could do. As I'm leaving, here's where he keyed up the malicious compliance. He said, you're going to get a survey in your email. I really need you to give me all tens. Anything less hurts me and the dealership. I looked at him a bit askance as I was getting into my new car to head home and he repeated, please remember all tens. So after everything, those were the last words he left me with. To clarify one more thing in this overly long narrative, I work doing research for my hospital. Data accuracy is a huge deal to me. I hate it when administration wastes nurses time collecting bad data or when some researcher is hammering us for data extractions, flailing around for some sort of significance with no real hypothesis. So here was this guy telling me to give him perfect scores in a transaction that was far from perfect. To be fair, 90% of the problems they had no control over, and they really had done just about all they could with getting me a loaner and getting my wife in and out of the door as quickly as possible. I honestly didn't mind giving 10s, What I absolutely hated was the fact that he was coercing customers into perfect scores and thereby skewing the sales data. This was the beginning of a multi-year relationship with this dealership. After the nightmares of the previous car, I really did not want to start it off on the wrong foot. So I did the honest thing. I gave 10s and in every one of the comment sections, I explained how the dealership, especially the sales managers, had earned these scores. I also wrote that I really did not appreciate being pressed by the sales guy into giving 10s. I noted how I almost didn't give perfect scores, specifically because I loathed being told I had to. The next day, I received a text from my sales guy that read, I would have preferred no survey over that survey, but he got his 10s. Why was he mad? I found out he left the dealership a few months later. I can't say that I'll miss him. When I brought my car in for an oil change yesterday, I saw the sales manager again. He said he remembered my response. He had been a salesperson so he knew about the must-give-tens pitch. He also said until he read my comments, he hadn't considered that he might lose those scores because people hate being told what to do. He informed me he had a talk with the sales team about it. I doubt they'll change their methods much, but at least they'll hopefully be a bit more tactful about it in the future. If you made a big purchase and on the way out, the sales guy says, hey, by the way, make sure to give me 10 stars. Would that influence you to want to do anything but give 10 stars to that person? What about even if all the service was perfect? I'd like to know if it like induces some reverse psychology type stuff. Like when you're going to actually clean your room and then your mom comes in and says, hey, you should clean your room. And you're like, forget it. I ain't doing anything. And our final story of the day is from Kazbob48. Mandatory meeting? Mandatory extra pay? I used to work as a special education teacher. Normally the special ed team has two prep hours. One for completing paperwork, there's an insane amount, testing kids, IEP meetings, meeting as a team, etc. The other prep hour is to literally prep for the academic courses I taught, which included ELA, social skills, etc. New admin rolls in and decides we're going to have one prep like everyone else. I remind admin of all the extra stuff special education teachers do on top of normal teaching duties to no avail. Normally we schedule IEP meetings during that extra prep hour, but that no longer exists. So I start scheduling them before and after school and during my lunch when I have time. I'm a contract employee, which means if I'm required to work outside contract hours, I get overtime pay. 
Overtime pay requires these pink paper timesheets. Asking for one gets the secretary agitated every time because she knows admin hates explaining to the district office why the overtime is required. So I march into the office and request the timesheet. The secretary isn't happy and cautions me this won't end well. I shrug and walk away. So admin is required by law to attend these meetings. Admin assumes I'm holding these meetings out of the contract hours, out of the goodness of my heart. At the end of the month, I submit a timesheet for 20 extra hours. Admin was present for every single one of those minutes, there's no denying it. Admin charges into my classroom before school the next day super mad. I explained to Admin that it might be wise to give the special education teachers that hour back in their schedule or the overtime would continue. It took a week, but we got that hour back and I got a nice little extra check in the mail. I love this story because there's just no reason to make any teacher's life harder than it needs to be, especially considering most teachers don't get paid adequately enough. I mean, depending on what grade it is, you could honestly argue that teachers do one part teaching and raising the kids and one part daycare, especially teachers who have extra concerns like OP that work in the special education field. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was absolutely crazy, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.